You're listening to the Drowning in Shallow podcast, where we explore rich and meaningful encouragement that doesn't try to put a bow on difficulty. I'm Janelle, a wife, mom, business owner, lover of hospitality, and fellow needer of encouragement. This is a safe place to engage one another in honestly identifying our emotions, naming our troubles, and finding hope that lasts, even when our circumstances don't change. Stop drowning in the shallow platitudes of life. It's time to jump in, grab a life raft, and learn to float in deep waters. Subscribe to my email encouragements at encouragedwithjanelle.com. If you're tired of messages about positive thinking or self-empowerment that ignore or suppress life's true difficulties or our authentic, limited humanity, you're in just the right place. I'm so glad to have you here. I am so excited to jump in today and talk about one of probably what's currently my favorite soapbox. My husband and close friends can quote what I'm about to say because I go on this soapbox rant so regularly because we are so inundated in our culture and even in our own hearts to expect more out of ourselves than is even physically possible and certainly more than God has designed us to be able to produce. Um, We can give each other this like begrudging hall pass and even communicate mere tolerance for our limited humanity, which God designed before the fall, which is not a result of sin, which he sent Christ fully man and fully God, fully in flesh, fully embodied in the boundary lines of humanity that we all have and that we all experience. And that was not something that he did that was just okay or permissible, but it had to be done. It was good and appropriate and right. So let me jump into a couple of things that I have heard said just in so many different capacities in our culture. Passing comments, blog posts, Facebook articles, books, so many different things. Um that can communicate that we, we should have things together. Um, and I, I would argue that it's actually unbiblical for us to pretend like we can operate outside of what God has ordained as human limitations. But we can easily get into the mindset that God is a taskmaster. Okay, here, here's some of what I'm talking about. These kinds of sentiments. It's okay to not have it all together. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to not be Pinterest mom. It's okay to feed your kids cereal for dinner. It's okay to have a hard day. It's okay to be sick. It's okay to rest. It's okay to have leisure time. It's okay if you have to say no to something. It's okay to need to cancel. It's okay to not be everyone's best friend. And I am sure that you can add so many of your own things you've either said to yourself or said to others or had said to you that are along these lines. This it's okay and then fill in the blank with some human parameter. And though there isn't always, there can be a slightly negative implication here from the speaker, whether we're seeking to comfort ourselves or we're talking to someone else. There can be this 
understanding an idea, mindset, and perspective that would subtly communicate that really it's okay, but it would be better if you didn't. So okay in the dictionary literally means the following. Satisfactory, permissible, adequate but unexceptional. I really like that one. Tolerable, unremarkable. So the implication is that to not do those things would actually be better. If you weren't limited, that would be great. It's like we're handing out this begrudging hall pass to ourselves and others. So let's flip them around and or let's let's elaborate on them. It's okay to have it all together, but really it would be great if you could have it all together. It's okay to grieve, but if you could move real quickly to the healing part and real quickly to the happy part, that would be great for those around you. It's okay to feed your kids cereal for dinner, but really it would be great if you could feel a little guilty about that while you're doing it and just kind of like look around and compare yourselves to other people and realize that you probably should be, you know, getting your life more in order and be a little bit more responsible and, you know, come up with something better than cereal for dinner. And, you know, it's okay to not be everyone's best friend, but... Really, I mean, you should really be giving yourself away. If you're going to live a Christian life, I mean, you need to be having your eyes open and be available for anybody who might need you. I think those are some of the sentiments that, although they might be nonverbal, um, that can that can seem and feel like they're attached to this, it's okay. Um, you know, it's okay to be sad, but it'd be better if you were happy. It's okay to have a hard day, but try to get over it fast and don't have too many hard days in a row because that's not acceptable. But what about honoring God while operating within the boundary lines, the fixed limited humanity that he purposefully and intentionally gave us? to draw others' eyes to him, to draw our own eyes to him. These limitations that we're merely saying are okay, they are what God has purposefully and intentionally designed to draw our eyes and hearts and others around us, eyes and hearts, to him. Our human boundary lines are not sin. We were made with them. So how do we learn how to affirm the limitedness in ourselves, in our perspective, in our inner life, while also validating the limitedness of others, being releasing to others when we can sense that it seems like they're struggling with their own limitations? How do we kind of get in there and validate and affirm the limitations that God has given us? In our culture in North America, there's this pull towards being self-sufficient and self-reliant. And that's something that is in our hearts already. And we can tend to be proud of our self-sufficiency and our accomplishments and what we can produce and how much we can sustain and all of our strength. And the idea of boasting in weakness is so foreign to our flesh and super foreign to our culture. And I think we miss a lot of our daily interactions and these small moments of engaging with God when we try to hide our emotions or we feel guilty about them or we feel shame for them or we apologize to other people for not being more or doing more. It's almost, I've wondered at times, it's almost like we expect ourselves to be God because we want to show the world who God is. 
but it's so backwards because we we're not self-sustaining. We're not self-reliant. God is. And when we try to cover up our neediness, both in our inner life and thought life and before others, we're hiding the exact places for God to shine his glory, for him to reveal his strength. When I lived in Wales, I had a conversation with a uni student, a college student, they call them uni students there, who was wrestling through what it looked like for her to be a light and be salt, be a witness to her flatmates. She, as we were discussing, um, she was sharing and we were just processing together in just a really honest and raw way. She was sharing that she felt like she needed to be on and almost like perform for them. She didn't want to be selfish ever around them. And um, so that meant she was doing the dishes all the time, but she didn't really have the time to do all the dishes and clean up all the messes while also doing all of her schoolwork. And, you know, but, oh, but it's not a good witness if, if I'm not, you know, doing all these things. And, and I think we can share this sentiment so frequently in, in our own hearts and minds that, well, we want to we wanna put on a good face for God. We want others to be impressed with us so that they wonder who our God is so that they want to worship him too. But I think what we're really doing in that is we're exalting and glorifying ourselves. If we are trying to hide our neediness and our weakness, to the onlooker, we look self-sufficient. We can deceive ourselves to thinking that we, we don't need God. We don't need others. We can make it. We can do this on our own. And that's the exact thing that is going to repel unbelievers who are honestly grappling with their own neediness and their own weakness. The kind, the brand of honest and authentic embracing of limitedness, ability to talk about both the big and the little disappointments and struggles and trials and bad days of our lives. You know, it can look like showing up in a friend's garage, bawling your eyes out, saying, I just don't even know how I'm supposed to have this hard conversation. I'm dreading it so much. Will you pray for me? You know, I think we can be slow to do that because we don't want to be weak. And we think, oh, I'm just not trusting God. Let's just, you know, slap a verse on it. Where if we're not communing with God in these small moments of our lives, in the big moments of our lives, there is no way that we can engage and enter in with other people, whether they're believers or unbelievers. We can't enter in and empathize if we're not dealing with our own stuff internally. I think these confines and parameters that God has given us, the the finite, narrow, fixed ways that he has created us with our humanity, when we just tell each other that it's okay and it's permissible to operate within those, we miss out so much on the freedom that we were designed to experience by celebrating our humanity and our limitedness because we worship a God who is limited in no way and has no parameters and nothing is fixed. He he is the opposite of us in this way. And yet as the Trinity, three persons in one God are regularly building one another up, lifting and exalting and glorifying one another. As we as human beings were designed to imitate that one to another, we are not able to build each other up when we're saying, oh, it's okay if you're over there 
you know, being yourself. We have to get under one another and build each other up and lift up and celebrate. You know what? I just, I think I was so encouraged that how you shared that you, you know, fed your kids cereal for dinner because you were conserving your mental and emotional energy to do this thing that you knew was going to be really hard for you. I just, I just wanted to share that that was really encouraging to me and meaningful and provoking. You know, whatever the case may be, there are so many hundreds and thousands of reasons why we might make the decisions that we do. But I think until we can look into each other's lives, ask good questions about our motivations, celebrate our limitedness together, not go, you know, I I feel like in our culture there's this, we're, we're either... There's either the message that you have to have it all together or there's the passivity message of like, oh yeah, nobody has anything together. Let's just laugh about it and make jokes. And yet the way of faithfulness is neither one of those. The way of faithfulness says sometimes it can look to onlookers like passivity, but it's an active heart. Sometimes it can look to onlookers like over-responsibility, but this is what God has called me to for this moment or whatever. And that's where the judgment and comparison can really come in and eat at our hearts and embitter us one to another. And so I just wanted to share this mindset that if we are only saying that it's okay to be sad or it's okay to be human or it's okay to have limitations and boundaries, there's this subtle implication that it's permissible, but if you could feel a little shame about it, that'd be great. If you could try to be a little more and do a little more, that would really be better. And how can we turn that on its head and instead celebrate and applaud and encourage one another as we seek to embrace our own limited, unique circumstances that God has given us, our our individual capacities for things. I think when someone's walking through a really difficult season of severe anxiety or depression, those boundary lines are so narrow. And rather than telling someone it's okay that you can't X, Y, Z, to to someone who's walking through the dark pain of depression or the terror of severe anxiety or any degree of anxiety, that kind of begrudging gift, it's okay if you have to, is so unwelcome and can make can actually make matters worse instead affirming and validating, oh, it's so healthy that, you know, you didn't accomplish anything today. It's so healthy that you are seeking to embrace the limitedness that God has given you in this season. And that, I think, is how we can really spur one another on in our own relationships with the Lord and as we seek to engage and relate to another to one another in building community. Because community is the both being needed and being needy. It, it's not just one direction. It has to contain both. If we don't have relationships where we are both needed and needy, we are not experiencing fellowship and community as scripture describes it and defines it. And so how can you today, in whatever it is that you have going on in your own individual life, wherever you are in this season, How can you seek to engage your limitedness with eyes that are fixed on a creator and a maker who is not a taskmaster, who is not most concerned about what you're producing or doing, but who longs to engage with you 
in your limitedness that he purposefully and intentionally gave you as one of the ways to engage with and relate to him. And then as you enjoy his presence, as you learn more about various facets of his character and you're able to be an outpouring of that to other people, I think we would be surprised at the freedom granted to ourselves and to others as we embrace limitedness without shame. Thanks so much for joining us today on Drowning in Shallow. Go ahead and click that subscribe button so you don't miss an encouragement.